Welcome to The Reseller Entrepreneur, the podcast for reseller hobbyists eager to turn reselling into a successful business. Learn from Mike and other reseller entrepreneurs as they share their experiences and tips on learning an online business. Here's your host, Mike Clapperton from Sparkler, converting customers into fanatics. Welcome to the show. So we're going to record things out of order here a little bit. I was supposed to meet with Jessica Macera this week uh, from Business Dynamics Solutions, which is a fulfillment provider here in Naples, Florida. Um, but she's unable to make it this week, so we rescheduled that for next week. So I'm going to do next week's podcast this week. I hope that makes sense. Um, the order is not that particularly important. Um, obviously, this is good information as well. Um, so I wanted to spend a little time on something that what happens when you go into a business, what kind of challenges you might have and, and what what are the challenges that you struggle with and how to fix them. And I've got nine of them here. And actually, I'm not going to say that this is um, this is my original work. I actually uh, was handed one of these uh, when a networking group I belonged to. And so don't know exactly who the author was, but I did ask the person who presented it um, that uh, if I could, if I can go over it and so he said, yeah, no problem. So I'm assuming he wrote it. Um, and I'll, he's anonymous. Uh, and unless he wants me to say his name on the air, I will come back and do that later. Anyway. So he, he titles this thing, the nine challenges, small businesses struggle with and how to fix them. And the first one is finding customers. Now this one isn't, uh, just a small business problem. This is uh, really any business and, but it particularly really uh, affects small business because you don't have any brand recognition. Uh, when you first start off, a matter of fact, even if you have been an eBay seller for years, you still may not have brand recognition except for the customers that have been repeat customers of yours. But anyway, um, the, the, for small businesses, this challenge becomes really significant and, um, you know, acquisition costs are usually really high and small businesses. Of course, it's reduced with uh, eBay because it's a marketplace. However, of course, the fees are, are essentially high um, that you, uh, you know, they're just as high to you um, than a, uh, than maybe a large uh, company that has a, a retail location might be in, in terms of percentage of how much they spend. Right. So anyway, how do you fix this? Well, finding customers starts with figuring out who your ideal customer is. So, you know, basically spraying and praying doesn't really work. Um, you just need to understand you need to market to the right people. So we talk about this a little bit with your product selection. Your product selection really needs to be a niche product. You really, you know, if you just sell everything and anything, yes, you're going to make some money. There's no doubt about it. eBay is a marketplace and everything sells at some point. But the point is, is that you're not going to develop repeat customers if you don't really have a niche that you're really focusing on and whatever that niche is. Okay. So I don't want to, I want to go into niches before we've talked about it a million times, but that's how you do it. So really you want to craft, craft an idea, craft an idea, uh, that your target market customers look like what they, uh, what they do, where they spend a lot of time online, especially what, what categories they spend online specifically, and once you've built this persona, then you can start creating content, you know, and buy products that that cater to those people. Okay, so I hope they understand that. Um, you know, you have a little bit less flexibility there with uh, in eBay than you would maybe a retail store where you could focus on things. But even retail stores have niches, right? They either have women's clothes, men's clothes. You know, the department stores are 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 you know they're 
they've merged and, and, um, you know, each of them have their own persona that they market to, um, but they're not doing with product. We, uh, we have to do with product. Okay. So increasing your brand awareness. Now, if you don't know, customers don't know who you are, this is where we talk about, uh, making sure that you start building your email, email list. Um, you increase your brand awareness by getting people's emails and contact information. And we, and I've explained how to do this, but I'll just highlight it for you is basically sending out a card with every single shipment, uh, eliciting a, a coupon offer or some kind of offer that they go back to your eBay store in exchange for their email address. Okay. And, and we have software that does it. You could do it manually. It doesn't really matter, but you're trying to take your one-off customers and make them repeat customers. So 70% of the brand managers say that building an audience is more than valuable than direct sales. And because of their, their primary goal is running marketing campaigns and is building brand awareness. Okay. I think I flubbed that a little bit, but essentially what we're doing is you you want your customers to understand that you as an eBay seller are different than other eBay sellers, maybe even selling in the same category. So just focus on uh, this building this awareness. And again, you do it through repetition. You do it through constant contact. Okay. Now, once you have their contact information, you could do a whole host of things. You could do, you could actually have a separate site on that niche uh, that, you know, points back to your eBay site, but, but essentially, you know, talks about uh, products in that niche, maybe trends in that niche, whatever, whatever the niche is. So again, going back to what I do, uh, photographs and postcards, you know, having a blog about collecting or having some articles about collecting. I do have that uh, to some extent. Okay. Uh, not as important as your email list, by the way, your email list is the most important thing that, that I do have. And I, and I use it quite extensively. Now, number three is building the email list. And so I wanted to really focus on this for eBay sellers specifically, uh, rather than, uh, glossing over it. So eBay does not give you contact information for their customers because they view it as their customers. And I understand that it's a marketplace and they advertise and they do things to attract people to that marketplace. Less and less so, I might add, though. Um, so there is definitely a um, a uh, you cannot communicate directly with with um, buyers on eBay, they will not ask you, allow you to ask for email addresses. Occasionally some, some will slip through, you know, by doing sneaky tactics, but that's against the, um, the rules, the terms and conditions of your membership in eBay. So they will, they will bounce you for that. Maybe not the first time, but if you are warned more than once, they're going to, they're going to shut your account down. If you try to get people's email addresses. Now there are occasions that e they will give you their email, email address, and you should take it down, put it someplace, um, because they have basically essentially put given permission, uh, for you to contact them via email by virtue of giving them, giving you their email address. So we talked about the card. A card is one way that you could get their email address. Now, actually, to me, with eBay, it's the only way you're going to get their email address, um, at least consistently. And you're not, but you have to give them an offer to do this, and that offer has to be good. It can't be. It's got to be fifty percent off an item, or buy one get one, or something that you could um, you can entice them to give a um, their email information or phone number or both, you know, preferably email. So, um, once they've given permission, uh, by giving 
you their email address, you could send them regular coupons and regular updates and maybe even a newsletter or something that focuses on what you do. And, um, and but you do it in a non-invasive way and you need to be able to take their name off the list if they do not want to be contacted. So you have to have, um, in Europe it's called GDPR, um, and can, candidates can spam, actually they might be the US too, um, you know, and certain rules uh, have to be followed. If somebody asks to be removed, you have to remove them right away and so on. So you can, if, you're, if your list is small, you could definitely do this. That's uh, not that big of a problem. If you have a mini site, um, they basically uh, could opt out by saying an email saying opt out, or they can go, you could direct them to a web page that would take them off the list. Um, we do that for you. We have that ability. That's part of the service we have, but you need a way to, um, if that, if you send them email and they don't want to receive it anymore, you got to take them off the list and there has to be an automated way. So you should never buy or rent a list. You, you really want people to opt in to your to your list. So they do this willingly. And the reason why um, is that if you try to just blast out a bunch of emails to a niche that you may, may have gotten information on for some buying some sort of list, you know, um, that list isn't that valuable. So if they come to you directly, then it is valuable. Okay. So what you're going to do ultimately is direct them towards an email, a, a web page. And that web page is again, going to take their information and then will automatically issue a coupon. And that's actually relatively easy to do. Uh, ex extremely easy to do. Now, if you want to do this manually, what you would do is basically uh, generate a coupon on eBay and then um, make a kind of like a word document and cut it uh, and maybe cut coupons like it would be. So you print them on a, a piece of sheet of paper, and then basically you cut them up in small sheets and then you can put them in with your, uh, your product that may still have the same effect. Um, but again, it's a one-time transaction. You're trying to turn this person into a repeat customer and, um, you do that through repetition. It takes five times, five contacts with a customer to make them yours. If they use your coupon a second time, you know, then you're going to have to continually send them coupons. Uh, if you want, them to interact with you. But if you, um, if you have them on a list, then you could just email blast them in a, an appropriate way. And that, uh, and they will come back whether or not there's a coupon or not, maybe not initially, but over time they will. And so here's a new idea as well. So let's say you are in, again, I'll use the postcard niche. Um, there are Facebook groups out there that you can go to and you could proactively list your, put your listings on Facebook. You post them. You can actually post a coupon on Facebook. You can actually buy a, uh, an ad on Facebook and send them out basically pointing directly to your eBay website with the coupon code. All right. So you don't, so if you don't have an email list, that's a lot of people freak out about that. I don't have an email list. I, I don't want to build an email list. I can't build an email list, whatever. Um, you can proactively go out and buy Facebook ads, direct them directly to your product. There's no problem with that. eBay does not have a problem with that at all. Now, is it cost effective? Maybe. Depends on your product, right? Lower, lower value products? Maybe not. You know, if you have a high dollar product, of course it, it might be worth it. If you have a $100,000 uh, Tom Brady rookie card, I don't know what that's cost, but 
let's say it is, you know, obviously putting an ad out there that would put, direct them and give them a, a coupon to buy for 20% off, you know, that's $20,000. I bet you have people running to the uh, to your eBay store to, to buy. But you got to remember these smaller niches also are probably cheaper to buy uh, Facebook ads on. But it definitely, definitely a viable concept. It also, by the way, is a good way to build your email list. Don't wait for eBay to to uh, those transactions. Go out and actually find people who like your niche, and they're probably on eBay anyway. And you basically give them a code, and but you you get their inf information first. Easy. Again, you could do it manually. You don't need to buy software to do it. We have software that does it. You know, it's thirty bucks a month. It's not much to spend, um, but certainly can be done uh, manually. Okay, so the next one, delighting customers. Okay, this is huge, right? So eBay has a rating system. And that rating system, uh, you know, is uh, life or death uh, in many cases on eBay. You have bad feedback rating. You're not going to sell nearly as much. You're going to also lose your status, but that's a different story. But you want to delight your customers. That means you should take returns. That means you should answer questions. I know some of these questions that come to you are stupid, but you have to answer them. If somebody has a negative experience, you need to get in front of that and make sure that they don't leave feedback with that negative experience. Now, sometimes you can't help it, so you should try to get those removed if at all possible, either through uh, going back to the uh, person that's not happy and offering a free return or something that will um, have them remove the feedback. Now, you don't always get lucky. Sometimes you get a jerk that will, you know, I had one guy that gave me a negative feedback because I charged him double shipping by accident. And then, so I corrected the, the uh, problem and then he basically made it a neutral um, uh, feedback rating, which was, you know, frankly, quite jerky. But um, anyway, uh, he did it. And so, you know, but it's better than the negative. So get in front of those. Hiring talented people. So it says here, 76% of hiring staff may be uh, attracting quality candidates as their biggest challenge. So, so basically, you know, find people that that help you with fulfillment or or listing that really know what they're doing don't hire the cheapest person hire the best person and i know sometimes that's you know it sounds easy but a lot of people um you know they don't want to spend a lot of money on a lister or on a or on a shipper if you pay a dollar or two remember you're only talking a dollar or two an hour probably between a high-end and a low-end person so in this in this space so that's We'll call it forty to eighty dollars a week, theoretically. That's a small price to pay. Get somebody good. I've always said, you know, be very, very slow to hire and very, very quick to fire. So do everything you can. Ask every single question that you can to vet out good candidates, and they will perform for you. And if they don't, get rid of them quickly. The next one's managing workflow. Now, this is kind of an interesting one because actually we talk about levers all the time, but this is just another way to put it. Um, it says here, once you have the people to make magic happen, the next challenge is managing workflow. You want to ensure that your team has the processes and tools to do good work and do it efficiently. Now, what that means in our world, if you're doing listings on multiple platforms, you have a list perfectly or others, you work with Inkfrog or others, 
you have a thermal printer. So you're not having people handwrite labels. You're not having them cut out uh, a label uh, from an eight by 10 sheet of paper. You have a very good system for keeping track of inventory. You don't want to spend time messing around with trying to find things if you sold it. That's the maddening thing that would happen with me with clothing sometimes. Ironically, you'd think that it would be uh, uh, more prevalent in postcards and cards in general because they're so small, but the reality is, is I've been had a much better success keeping track of inventory uh, with uh, with uh, postcards and, and photographs. But have an inventory system. I know so many people, so many eBayers that they start off with no system whatsoever. And they just, they say, Hey, I can find it. Cause you know, I have, you know, 50 products and you know, it's all in this bin in my garage. Well, the fact of the matter is, is if you have 50,000, you're not going to find stuff so easily. So have that system in place. How do you do this? Well, you listen to podcasts like mine, you watch videos on YouTube for people like rally roots and, uh, and, and uh, um, you know, Rockstar Flipper and, and, and others, um, and you emulate what works for them. See if it works for you. But at a minimum, just have the right equipment, for God's sakes. And next would be financial planning. Financial planning. So a lot of people don't do this, especially in the, re- the uh, any, well, any business, but really especially in resellers. Your business account needs to be separate from your personal account. You cannot have... You cannot commingle your funds. That's with credit cards. That's with bank accounts. That's uh, you. You need to keep track of your mileage. You need to do all those things so that at the end of the year, when you hand everything over to your accountant or you do your own books, that everything balances out. Um, so and, and definitely save for taxes because if, if you're not saving for taxes, uh, that is a big, big mistake that a lot of resellers make. They end up at the last minute having to figure out where to get money to be able to pay their taxes. And um, you know, if you don't have your receipts in order, your financial systems in place, guess what? You're going to be paying more than you probably think you're going to pay. Another part of this is access to capital. How do you buy more inventory if you don't have money coming in? You got to remember if your sell through rate's 10%, that means 90% of the stuff you bought is sitting on the shelf. And so you, but, and you still have to add more day after day after day. And how do you do that if you don't have cash flow? Well, sometimes you have to borrow it. Sometimes you use your credit cards. I'm not suggesting you do that, by the way. Get your financial uh, uh, act in order. Okay. So you want to make sure that everything's in order. So, okay. Next thing. Scaling. Now we talk about this all the time as well. This again is a levers discussion or a levers discussion. You, the one of the levers is people. You scale your business by hiring more people to do things that you normally do yourself, and so you focus on other parts of the business, and then you outsource that to somebody else, an, an employee. If you want to hire an employee, then you got to focus on finding products that are quick to list and quick to ship. So that's another way of scaling. Funny enough, small items are also easy to store. So scaling is easier because it takes less space to store a new product. Also, smaller products, once you sell more, also don't take as much transportation costs to get them to be shipped. You know, if you're lucky to have the post office or FedEx or whatever come to your uh, place of business and ship for you uh, or pick up for you, then that's different to some extent. But Small is always better, always better. 
So just go back and listen to all the levers discussions we've had, uh, levers discussion, levers. So levers discussions we've had, uh, because honestly, these all apply to scaling. So uh, this presentation concludes as when it comes down to uh, to it, it's not uh, obsessing over every detail, but the right details. Closely monitoring perfection might not be as important as uh, doing so. Uh, doing so over customer service. Obsessing over customer service, however, is worth the, worth the extra effort. There are many ways to center a business. Uh, you can be competitor-focused. You can be product-focused. You can be technology-focused. You can be business-focused, model-focused, excuse me, and there's more. But um, basically, in my view, obsessing over how to please the customer is probably going to be the biggest bang for your buck, in my opinion. If you focus on your customer and focus on your communication with that customer around value, around great customer service, will never do you wrong. Okay, well, listen, thank you very much for listening for this episode. And uh, next week, again, we'll hopefully have that special guest for you. I think you're going to be, you're going to like this. And so see you next week. Bye. This episode has ended, but your journey towards turning your reselling hobby into a business doesn't have to. Head on over to reseller.sparklercrm.com for information and tips for running a successful reselling business. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Until next time. Oh,